0: Hello and welcome to BJGP interviews. My name is Nada Khan and I'm one of the associate editors of the BJGP. Thanks for taking the time today to listen to this podcast. In today's episode, we talk to Dr. Gail Davidge and Dr. Brian McMillan, who are both based at the Centre for Primary Care and Health Services Research at the University of Manchester. We're going to discuss the paper they've recently published in the BJGP titled, Putting Principles into Practice, a Qualitative Exploration of the Views and Experiences of Primary Care Staff Regarding Patients Having Online Access to Their Electronic Health Record. So thanks Gail and Brian for both joining me today to talk about your paper. This is a really topical issue given that NHS England has been pushing plans to allow patients full online access to their primary care records. But I wonder if you could just tell us a bit about the background to the study and what you aim to do here.
1: Um, So I I first got interested in patient records access probably seven or eight years ago. Um, And the reason I got interested was because working as a GP, um, I became aware that patients could potentially access their record And at the time it terrified me and I thought, oh, I need to find out more about this. So that's what my motivation was to start doing some research into it because I was also working as a a clinical academic at the time. Um, So I applied for some funding to do some research with patients and carers. And then the next obvious step for me was to speak to clinicians and other healthcare professionals about what their experiences and thoughts were around records access as well. So it actually applied for the funding before the NHS England announcement uh, regarding their plans to enable full prospective records access by default.
0: So so tell me a bit more about what you did here. So from reading the paper, it seems that you did some closed questions and then this qualitative study. Prior to interviewing uh, our participants, we did ask, a couple
2: of quite close questions, just to get a sense really of what people's general idea was around this whole idea. Um, so we asked the question, You, what do you think about the idea in theory of patients having access to their records on both a historic and a prospective basis? So that's anything from a certain date in time forwards. Um, so that really helped actually to sort of ground the interview um, at the very beginning to find out what people thought and then we then went on to sort of really unpick that in a lot more depth Um, and actually those questions kind of gave us our first overarching theme which was um, you know the vast majority of people uh, really agreed with the idea in principle but when they start to think about it in practice that's when they really started to deeply consider, you know, some of the benefits and drawbacks around that about what would happen when they actually implemented it in practice.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting from the closed questions that, as you highlighted, most participants agreed or somewhat agreed that patients should have prospective access to the records. But the qualitative work really gave us a lot more depth around that perception. So talk us through the main themes you describe in this paper. You've highlighted the first one.
2: Yeah, so the first kind of um, overarching theme sort of ran as like a golden thread, if you like, through all of the interviews, um, this in theory or in principle, this is a good thing, but. um, And then there were three main areas then um, where people had uh, ideas about opportunities that this might bring and also some challenges. So the first area was around the provision of patients then to care. And we found that... um, a lot of staff kind of uh, could really readily see some of the opportunities for both parties. So things like patients having more control or autonomy um, on their access to information could help patients um, to manage their own care themselves, which would also hopefully free up a bit more time at a practice level in that patients could do a lot more things for themselves. Um, you know, that they could get the information they needed uh, for a benefit application, or if they were going on holiday, they could check their immunisations. And that meant one less phone call to the practice. And then there were other things like if a patient is in a consultation and maybe, you know, they're not taking in everything during that period and they can go away and use it as an aid memoir and get some reassurance and confirmation around that, or maybe be able to share that with, um, you know, a loved one or, or a carer afterwards. And also, that the transparency uh, enabled the sort of sense of it proved that um, the health professionals were doing what they said they were going to do, or it offered confirmation that there was a a plan in place for um, what was going to happen next week or in six months' time and things like that. But then, around equity of access, um, there were significant concerns. And this was something that came up with all our participants. And most people, you know, were concerned that this would more generally benefit the worried well and it could exacerbate some um, health inequities that already exist for certain population groups and the second one of the themes was around safety so keeping patients safe but also uh, professionals keeping themselves professionally safe as well so there were a lot of worries around patients uh, feeling more anxious or offended by the content of their record and that's come up a lot already in the literature um, other things are around sort of documenting more sensitive information or unauthorized access um, to the record. So if it, um, somebody who's coercing to sharing their record, there are concerns that this might be more problematic in an online format. And then staff concerns about kind of their well-being as well. So people were having concerns about what if this is posted on Facebook, for example, and everybody sees my name. Um, you know how is that going to impact on my reputation? Um, and then around workload, there were there were pros and cons again to that. Um, in that there were opportunities to reduce workload for sort of um, patient inquiries, making um, you know, get repeat prescriptions, things like that. But also a recognition that there might be a lot of questions and people perhaps changing their workflow and the kind of work that people were doing in a traditional role might actually change. So admin staff might be faced with more clinical inquiries from patients about what's in their record, for example. And then the the final theme, which was um, a really kind of fundamental theme, was around how this change might be navigated and the significance of it as well in that, you know, it, it has real potential to change the whole sort of purpose Um, of the record and there were lots of discussions around well whose record is it anyway and whose prior you know whose needs should be prioritized how are you going to balance this and navigate this Um, and also a potential around how to change the whole power dynamic so this information is now being shared so both parties have access to the same kind of information so it's becoming more of a shared document and that has uh, potential to either build trust with patients or potentially to undermine it if um, they're not happy with what they see in their record.
0: It seemed that some of the respondents were resigned to online access. They said it's going to happen anyway. Um, so part of the discussion was around how how is the practice actually going to deal with the changes
1: Patient records access has already been in the GP contract since 2019 through 2020. So we were already contractually obliged to uh, give patients access to their record on request. Um, the biggest change, I think, is that the NHS England programme is making it the default. And I think that that is going to change the way that we practice and I think uh, it's probably going to have to change the way we practice if, if we want to make sure that it doesn't increase our workload so we are going to have to start writing in the notes in a way that's easier for patients to understand otherwise I think there, there might be a risk that we would get an increase in queries about what's in the record I think it's also going to make us have to think a bit more carefully about documenting things like safeguarding concerns um and that's been, that was something that was mentioned in our paper that it was one of the concerns of GPS where if they're worried that somebody might be a victim of domestic abuse, for example, if we document that in the record and then the the perpetrator manages to log in to that person's record from home, they might see that we've sort of twigged or, or you know that we're we've got concerns and that that could potentially exacerbate the situation. So. In certain circumstances, we are going to have to start thinking, should this at least temporarily be, be hidden from the, the online record? Um, and we we would only do that if we thought that uh, the patient's safety was going to be at risk or they were at risk of significant harm. So those are probably two major changes, I think, that, that default access is, is going to have on the way that we practice.
0: Yeah, I, I'm sure you're aware of Jeremy Horwood's work around online access to records and um, I spoke to him about uh, a paper that they published in the BJGP as well and he was talking about the fact that we will have to change how we document things so for instance use of shorthand but also other nuanced things like if you suspect something but you're not sure how are you going to document that in the records and I wonder if any of your participants picked up on either of those two.
2: Absolutely Um, and and it's not just the the things that immediately spring to mind. One thing that surprised me was um, one of our participants talked about that they put things in their notes like a little aid memoir so that they can maintain really nice personable relationships with their patients. Um, So um, she she noted things like they were going away on holiday or to ask about uh, a family member or a a cat or something like that and she you know she would not want a patient to see that in their record, but having that safe space um, to put that there actually helped maintain good relationships with patients. And again, yeah, like you say, um, in line with Jeremy's findings that there was a lot of concern around sort of differential diagnoses and and thought processes um, and also around continuity of care. So practices where patients very rarely see the same GP, and I think that happens a lot, Um, they may document something for a colleague just to, to keep an eye on something uh, that they wouldn't want the patient to read or to be, you know, anxious about. But um, there was kind of this real sort of uh, lamenting of this loss of this space and where are we going to put all those things now?
0: I wonder what you both feel are the take-home messages here for those working in primary care. Brian, you've already pointed out that if we are going to have prospective access and patients need more support with interpreting test results potentially but anything else that you feel were key implications here
1: yeah so uh, along the same lines because records access is going to make the record more transparent patients are going to be able to see what we're doing more and i think in the past a lot of gps probably would have ordered blood test results without necessarily explaining exactly What all those test results or what all those tests we're looking for. Uh, And I think in the future we are going to need to start being a bit more open about what exactly we're looking for when we're requesting test results. Otherwise, there is a risk that a patient's going to go home and Google what a CA125 means and, and, and think that their GP suspects they got cancer, even though that's just something we would do routinely for certain conditions as a rule out, even though we don't really think it's going to come back positive, we would we would do it routinely to make sure in the very, very, very unlikely event that it is a cancer, that we don't miss it. And I think we are going to need to start being a lot more open about exactly what we're doing with things like requesting tests.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think not just the work that we've done on this particular paper, but the prior work we've done with patients and some work Um, I've been doing after this talking to patients is um, maybe to reassure health professionals that actually what patients want most is for their record to be safe and um, for it to continue to serve that clinical purpose.
0: I think that's generally quite a positive message really that the main the most important thing is safety, keeping patients safe through accurate descriptive records and as you say it's an opportunity in lots of ways as well so i just really wanted to say thank you to both gail and brian for joining me today to have a chat about this paper thank you thank you and thank you all very much for listening today to this bjgp podcast the original research article can be found on bjgp.org and the show notes and podcast audio can be found at bjgplife.com It's been great hearing more about plans for online access to clinical records, as I know that's something that a lot of people working in primary care are thinking about, and it's good to have a discussion about both patient and clinician views on this this topic. It's been great to talk to Gail and to Brian, and thanks again for listening. Bye!